Hello and welcome to Future You, the podcast for students and graduates as you look to take that next step after university. Brought to you by Graduate Career Experts Prospects. My name is Dan Mason. Uh, last time we talked in depth about graduate schemes, so if you missed that and you're interested in, in uh, applying for a graduate scheme or just want to know more about how they work, then I really recommend you go back and listen to that previous episode. Um, this episode is all about entrepreneurship. For any of you who have considered starting your own business, self-employment, or you've got ambitions to launch a new product, this is a must-listen. Even if it's not something you've thought of before, this may well inspire you in that direction. We've got a really interesting interview coming up with Georgie Nightingale, who founded Trigger Conversations. Uh, she'll tell you a bit more about what that is later on. Uh, she's a TEDx speaker, and most importantly, she's an entrepreneur herself. She has lots of interesting things to say and advice to give on getting started in entrepreneurship. Uh, then we'll hear from our regular guest, careers advisor Amy Carpenter, for her take on how to become an entrepreneur. In particular, things like who can you turn to for further help while you're still at university in terms of getting started in entrepreneurship? Uh, where, where can you turn for support? Just a reminder before we start, you can subscribe to Future You in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts, get in touch on Twitter at Prospects, or by email on podcast at prospects.ac.uk. We'd love to hear any questions you have about graduate careers, so send them over and we'll answer them in a later episode. Now let's get on with the discussion of entrepreneurship. Here's Georgie Nightingale, founder of Trigger Conversations, to tell us about her journey into entrepreneurship and how you can follow a similar path. Hi Georgie, thanks for joining us. It's nice to be here. Uh, so could you just give us a little bit bit of background about uh, Trigger Conversations and why you wanted to start it and, and what it does? Mm, um, so I think uh, I started a, a business because I basically wanted to scratch my own itch. Um, I think this is probably why most people start businesses is that they find a problem in the world which is really affecting them um, and have a real drive to want to to find a better way of doing things. Um, I was working as a project manager back in 2016 and I basically just noticed I was having really boring and really frustrating conversations um, had everywhere in my life, like at work, at home, with friends, because they all started with like, what do you do? Which is getting you to repeat your elevator pitch and people didn't really care anyway. Or how's work? Um, and I felt like conversation was really a vehicle for connecting with somebody and actually learning something new about myself and the world. Um, and, uh, and I didn't feel like we were actually having any form of real deep connection. Life felt a little bit like low. And, um, and I knew that, that it would happen at some point. I didn't know when. It felt like every you know few weeks I'd randomly have a great conversation. And I really wanted it like now. <laughs> I wanted to be mm-hmm. able to engineer the times that I was able to um have an amazing deep meaningful conversation so I decided that I would um I would do so I'd find a way to do it and, and that started with um a load of experiments I started attending a lot of events uh watching how people did things trying out new things I had brand some parties I changed the rules and the parties um and um and then eventually I was at a festival that summer and went to a workshop about conversation and committed to a stranger that I was going to run this event and then once I'd made the commitment I then started up thinking okay what's the structure of this oh it's a 
a friend suggested a menu and I was like oh yeah a conversation menu we could have different courses of conversations and we could um use questions to help people do that and we could have like a a piece at the beginning where I tell people the mindset um, and we, we we frame it in a particular way. Um, and when I came back from that, I had the name of it, I had the courses, I had the layout and I just needed to find a venue. So I went through my network, found a venue, created copy on Eventbrite, uh, put it out there in a few places and there we are. The first event happened and um, and I managed to get 10 friends and 10 strangers roughly and had a massive success. Um, so it was, and after that, it, it was like, the feedback was so good that, and it was so, this is so new, and we've never had this experience before, can you do it again? Uh, and after the second one where the numbers doubled, uh, I thought, wow, maybe I'm on something here, um, and this is really like meaningful. And I have kind of always wanted to start a business anyway. <laughs> like, I think there was a, in my mind, I always felt entrepreneurial. Um, I, my, my contract was ending end of the year and I kind of thought, well, why don't I just take some time off to see if I can make this happen? Yeah. yeah. And you, you've, you've touched on it there, but, uh, just to go into that a bit more, would you say it, it was, it's the idea that comes first, um, or the, uh, you know, you you say you already thought of yourself as entrepreneurial. Yeah. Um, do you think that's how it works most of the time that people are entrepreneurial and then the idea comes later or there's an idea that sparks that off and then you sort of think about becoming an entrepreneur yeah i think it's a really good question i'm not actually 100 sure which one i would like go with i would say that um some people appear to be more entrepreneurial generally and you can you can tell that by looking back at the way that they've done things like if you'd asked me a few years ago whether i was an entrepreneur or an entrepreneurial i would have maybe not been so sure but then i look back on my past and i thought well i started a tuck shop um probably legal actually my prep school um, when I was like 12 or so, um, because I felt like the tuck shop they offered was not was not very good fun- functional. And I was, you know, long queues, um, the, the food was expensive. Uh, it was open open once a day. Uh, and by the time you got the queue, the break is over. So um, it was simply a sense of like, okay, well, I want this to be better experience for me. And it looks like everyone else is having the same experience. And I think like, I could do better. So I went out there and I just started my own and then it worked. And and then looking back and thinking, okay, well, I've worked in organizations as well um, throughout my uh, so school life and also my university life. And in every case, I was looking at ways to reinvent reinvent how people were doing things and, and create new um, innovative kind of programs or ideas um, and try and implement them. So I think in that sense, it's like, okay, well, I've, I've already kind of got the the flair of wanting to do something different, you know, wanting to change the status quo in some respect. Um, and, um, and therefore we're going back to the question you asked, what comes first? I don't actually think that, I don't think the idea comes first because ideas are everywhere. And like now I spend a lot of time noticing how things could be better and coming up with new ways to solve them. Uh, and the problem actually there is going, I've got enough ideas. I, I can't take this one on as well. And actually it's a case of, the more you expose yourself to starting to look, you will find. Um, and uh, and then when the time comes, you'll find an idea that you think, okay, I'm actually really, I really care about this problem. And that's super important is having the passion for the problem. But also there is a market for that problem. And the solution that I, I'm going to come up with or I've come up with actually hits that the product market fit, you know, does it actually solve the problem? Does it, can this make money? Is it viable? Is it a thing? 
Um, because there's plenty of tough stuff where like, I mean, one of my old businesses, I say businesses, it wasn't really a business, but when I was a child, I, um, we used to run this like kind of tennis week at, at my house, a home in the summer. And, um, I wanted to sell like a stool of perfume, um, that I'd made, which of course I was crap. It wasn't real <laughs> getting plants and stuff and putting them in water and they smelled good for probably about 30 minutes. And then that, that was it. And, uh, and I sat up the stool and tried to sell things and no one except my aunt bought, bought, bought one. Uh, I think she was just doing it to be kind. Uh, there wasn't a market, right? But I thought this is a great idea. <laughs> you know? <laughs> so, you know, the, the idea has to be good. Um, but the ideas don't always come, you know, you spend, you spend so much time. I, I spent months and months and months being interested in this idea and looking for answers and really trying to understand what the problem was and it wasn't until like the last six months where i actually thought okay this is a good solution so so do you have a a one word or one sentence not one word one sentence uh, definition of what an entrepreneur is you know do, do you have to be someone who is a serial inventor or starter of businesses or can you be an entrepreneur if you start one business um you know, what would your uh, short definition of entrepreneurship be? Yeah, I find this hard actually because it's when I, when I looked up the definitions in the past, there's always this idea of like wanting to go out there and create something new, uh, do something different and innovative, and taking risk, uh, and then being able to enjoy the rewards of that risk. Um, I guess that's a kind of formal formal um, definition. Um, I, I'm also playing with the idea of whether there's a difference between entrepreneur and entrepreneurial. One of the things I seem to have been kind of taught is I'm on a, a program at the moment with New Entrepreneurs Foundation and, um, we're all entrepreneurial for sure. Everyone's done projects, but we haven't necessarily all created companies. And I, and I believe there might be a distinction in the sense of the entrepreneur who actually make, maybe creates something that's sustainable, but, you know, even failed entrepreneurs are still entrepreneurs. And, um, and I, I'm actually not sure, like, you know, small business owners generally are, are not always considered entrepreneurs because what they create might already exist and there's already a market for it. But in, they, we could be new and, and, and um, nuanced in a particular different way, which actually makes it more of a risk taking activity. I suppose, so I suppose like the, uh, the popular view comes from something like Dragon's Den, doesn't it, of what an entrepreneur is sort of um, coming up with new ideas and uh, taking risks, as you say. Yeah, yeah. So it, it's definitely... It's definitely in, there's innovation there. It can't be like just a repeat of the same thing. Yeah. And and that idea itself will also create capture and create value, um, which I makes money out of that out of that idea. So then turning to um, people who are currently at university or they've recently graduated, would you say there's some traits um, that you would be able to spot in somebody at that age where you could say, um, you know, they they're going to be a great entrepreneur or this is something they should be looking at doing or is it too young? Do, would you say that you should be an employee, you know, have other jobs before you start looking at um, taking these sorts of risks? I didn't know there's a should here. I, I was a child when I started being entrepreneurial. Um, I think that people have a natural, people are generally can be quite similar in terms of how they behave throughout their lives um and i mean not not our personalities are fixed but certainly people will exhibit flares beforehand like you know there's a drive for taking risks or creating something new um and also that that there's a resilience and a grit to not giving up i think that's been one really really strong part, thing i've noticed the more i meet entrepreneurs is how much how stubborn they are 
um, like will not give up and they have taken the initiative. No one, no one has told someone to go out there and create something in the world and do it. They just went, oh, that's interesting. I think I could do that better. I'm going to do it. Um, and they pull upon resources that already exist and find ways to create something which is new. And I think that that can be at so many different levels. Like even like if you're not producing a business itself by going out there and even like, you know, running small like in events um, uh, kind of like program at university and bringing people together and catching people that that in itself is um, is putting yourself out there. Uh, I think that means we probably have a lot of more entrepreneurial types than we think we do. I think in the same way, you know, we think about creativity. Um, everyone is creative. I don't necessarily think everybody is entrepreneurial or, or actually wants to be entrepreneurial. That's the other question as well. Um, but it's a lot more than you think. And, and then I also probably imply, though, that even if you are an entrepreneur or entrepreneurial, it doesn't mean you shouldn't work for a company. I think this is one big debate that um, I've had in the NEF community, but also with my own family, where we're all entrepreneurial and we've all done our own things and we've all worked for people, um, is the value in going to work for a company is immense. Um, like, you know, not only do you get paid to learn, you know, rather than spending your own money, you get to like really see different ways of working to make mistakes, um, to try out and test uh, your skill set. Um, it doesn't mean you can't do your own projects. I think most people who are entrepreneurs will on the side have a million projects going regardless of where they work. So it really shouldn't put you off. And would you say uh, entrepreneurs can come from any background? I'm thinking about things like, um, you know, what degree subjects are, you know, could you be doing any degree subject and end up being an entrepreneur? Or, you know, if someone is, is now thinking, oh, I wish I could be an entrepreneur, that's what I want to do, but I'm studying such and such a subject, it doesn't really give me the right skills. Uh, is, is there a right path that people should be should be going down? Entrepreneurs arise from all fields, even from like, chemistry to philosophy which is my was my major um to business and entrepreneurship studies i mean some people have recognized they want to run a business and go and study that and then they do right so it's kind of clear in some respect but um a lot of people are in the arts and they actually develop a subject matter expertise which is outside of business per se which is very useful for actually when they think about what kind of business they want to do um like for instance, my business is so focusing. It uses a lot of uh, knowledge from my learning around, uh, well, a mixture of psychology, linguistics, philosophy, uh, and other courses I've done. Um, I didn't have any business expertise per se. I just kind of learned it along the way and read a lot and uh, went to courses and whatnot. So I really don't think it actually that matters that much. I mean, the degrees teach you very useful skills in terms of like you know, critical thinking and uh, teamwork. Um, and analysis, all great useful skills, but in themselves, they're not enough to know how to run a business. Running a business and is a multi-skill set. Like you're constantly learning and you have to be able to <laughs> master most things, which is really hard, uh, as I've discovered. <laughs> and, and and like be able to ship anything and just go, right, we're going to go, we're going to make a decision. I'm not going to be a perfectionist in this area. I'm, it's good enough. And uh, now I'm going to move on to learning about marketing or now I'm going to move on to learning about finance. So so, so in terms of the business aspects of it, you, you learned it as you went along, really? Yeah, I think um, I think I, I didn't really know a lot at the beginning. And now I look back at it, I, I was naive. I still am naive. And um, I definitely made a lot of mistakes. But through those mistakes, I now have a really good sense of 
I know what it feels like not to do something like strategy now I'm like okay maybe I won't do this thing because I know I've done that and it didn't work um and uh but I've read god I've read a ton uh, and I've spoken to a lot of people and uh sought expertise and advice and um I'm sure there are better ways maybe to do that and some some courses that do focus on um building your own business will teach you some of the basic frameworks which are highly valuable but in the end you've got to apply those frameworks to learn anything you mentioned earlier that uh, people who are entrepreneurial will always have uh, several projects on the go, um, you know, even when they're working as an employee somewhere. Would you say that's the same for a student at university if they, you know, if they have ambition, entrepreneurial ambitions? Should they be doing as much as they can while they're still at university in order to prepare for that? Yeah, yeah. I mean, let's be, first be clear, though, that don't burn yourself out and this is a classic trap for everyone, including myself, of, uh, you know, you want to do it all and you can't because time and, you know, so if, if your your degree is important, go and do your degree. But there's a lot of time around the degree to explore. And it's exploration without necessarily having to, like, make money. Like, going to just set up a website with an idea you have and seeing if you can get some uh, people following you and, and maybe get some first clients. It's a great way to simply test out the kind of MVP, minimum viable product sense of things. Like, can I really go out there, take my idea, execute it, see if there's a market for it, and then build something? And it doesn't have to work. It's just testing. And the more of those you do, the more that you get used to failing, and the more you get used to actually understanding when you're not failing, and you're learning through the process. Uh, None of these things have to be, have to create money or have to create a business. They're just times for you to learn and explore and also in, in so doing develop your skill set you know why wait i kind of wish in some ways i had well, i was i was being entrepreneurial within some organizations i was working for at university but i i didn't do my own things on the side and partly because i thought well they're probably going to fail or they're not going to be that great or i know how to do this uh but actually i did i didn't know i could learn or learn on the go and maybe while you're still at university is a good time to take those risks and and learn about failing as well yeah yeah, it's very valuable. <laughs> Learn about failing without having to like pay for it. So yeah, and so um, with your experience of of being an entrepreneur, could you just talk a little bit about about what that experience is like in terms of? Because obviously, you're not when you're setting up a business, you're not going to be working a nine to five job. It's going to have an impact on your life as a whole. Um, you know, your non work life, social life. It's going to be very different to when you're at university uh, when you're taking these sorts of risks. Could you just talk about how? how that um how that was for you or maybe not if, if that's not your experience no it's um everyone has a different experience and i was gonna say that the way i did things may not be the way that everyone does things i took a lot of time to to explore also who i was and what i wanted to do and that as well as trying to build something that was sustainable um and um i found it incredibly um highs and lows was probably the way to just think about it like incredible excitement and highs of like yes got a got my first email from a random person and uh all people booked or i've got clients or this person said yes we'll be featured this article and then lows of like constant stress and worry about not being able to have enough people have enough clients uh people are not reading newsletters you know i'm not engaging people um where am I going with this? What am I doing in my life? Uh, probably an existential crisis at least once a week. Um, and then also finding the boundaries of 
life and work like I was so stressed I used to wake up feeling stressed and generally by the time I'd sleep I was all right but sometimes I would be staying awake for hours um I didn't have the boundaries partly because I was working at home trying to save money and um I didn't get out as much as I could have and um and that took its toll like really took its toll and I didn't know I felt this constant of not not knowing which direction to go in I still feel that sense now although I'm now kind of aware well, it doesn't really matter in the end. Just try choose one and then see and start learning from it. Um, but there is a really fine line, I think, between between about like how you treat yourself and that journey. And um, the more and more I meet people, I I realize how how tough it is and how difficult people fit, face it personally, and like how it can affect your health your relationships and your own mental health as well it's obviously important to you know not push yourself too far yeah mental health is a massive aspect um like actually making sure there's time for you to do well-being and do things that you enjoy simple things like turning my notifications off on my phone was massive you know when you're when you're running a facebook page and all these accounts and you have a million people like you know interacting with you uh and you can see the notifications it just causes this like panic not necessarily in panic, unless you're good or bad, but it's all over the place in terms of energy. So I like just turned it all off, and then eventually I hired contractors to help out with social media and more admin, so I could just at least have some headspace to think about where the hell we're going. Um, and uh, I found it really hard to be both in the business of trying to like operationally manage it, whilst also um, understanding okay, is this the right is this the right strategy that we're doing, uh, whilst also having a personal life. Yeah, uh, but then alongside that, presumably there are the highs and the rewards as well that that's make it all worth it. Yeah, the rewards are wonderful. Um, although I would say that sometimes if you if you are always seeking the rewards and the end goal, then you're kind of missing the point. Yeah, it's great to to have a, a moment like, for instance, we we got into um into a blog on the BBC last week, and uh, and I kind of felt like, yeah, it's really cool, like really awesome, like. To get that far, we really wanted that for a long time, and I'm proud. But actually, it's not just that. It's not about that moment. It's about like every day waking up and knowing I'm doing the work I want to do, and I'm making an impact in the world, um, and I'm creating things which I love doing, and um, and I'm learning every day. That is why I do it, not because I want the end goal of like, oh, we're going to get this award, um, or I'll be able to sell a business for X amount. You know, you, you'll, you'll learn to hate your work if you do that. You really have to be in line with the work you do, um, for sure. Yeah, yeah, because there can be a sense that um, entrepreneurship, yes, it's risky, but if you, if you get it right or if it goes well, you're going to make huge sums of money. That's sort of a popular um, way of looking at it, isn't it? Yeah, um, yeah, you could uh, make lots of money, sure. But, like, you know, lots of businesses are, <laughs> are lifestyle businesses and, you'll be working much harder than an average employee and maybe not making that much, but you'll maybe have more freedom. Um, I mean, and if you want to build a big business, you probably got to get investment um, and then you lose some of your freedom. Yeah, you may or may not be able to create a business sustainable that could sell. I suppose what I was getting at there is that the rewards, they're not just financial. There are plenty of other rewards from uh, you know starting your own business. Yeah, yeah, you're right. There's plenty of rewards. It's, it's very um, rewarding. So if you had a couple, two or three uh, key tips for uh, a rel- relatively recent graduate starting their own business, what would be those key pieces of advice? Uh, first wing is classic, start before you're ready. 
Um, you are never going to feel ready. And that's the kind of the point <laughs> is that you learn on the job. Like it's about going out there in the world and just going, yeah, I don't know how to do this, but I'm kind of interested to do it. I'm going to go find out how to do it and doing it. No one really knows what they're doing. Um, in fact, yeah, that's pretty true. That's the only truth really in <laughs> there is uh, it's all about making things up um, and seeing and being able to like, you know, learn from that. So uh, start before you're ready. I would also say, um, yeah, you cannot do it alone. That's a really interesting one because I'm, I'm highly independent and uh, I have a lot of willpower and, and I kind of always thought, I'll just make this work. Um, and, and I didn't really necessarily want to lean into people and ask for favors, but actually you really need, you really need people like in every aspect, it, obviously the, as emotional support, which is incredibly important. And I may come to that later, but it's knowing that you don't have the answers, but everyone else in the world does. So being able to go out there and ask people for their advice. And like, there are some amazing groups, especially on like Facebook, um, which are supported communities, which will answer, help you answer questions about how you deal with situations that people have been through many times before. Um, or talking, going out there and like, you know, talking to people who um, who they help you think through things or could be your future clients. Uh, you really, really, really have to get out there. You have to get rid of that idea of like, oh, it's my idea, everyone's going to steal it because they won't because it's not in the idea, it's in the execution, which is valuable. And actually get out there and start talking to people and giving. The more you give, it's a really, really wonderfully giving community at the entrepreneur place because you have to give in order to go somewhere. And that's what beautifully um, uh, kind of self-sustaining is going to make the relationships, helping people out. They will help you um, and you need that and it's necessary. You can't do it all alone. I suppose there's a perception that on entrepreneurship can be quite a lonely experience you know you're you're forging this path on your own but as you say the emotional support and the working with other people is is a vital part of it isn't it yeah yeah it's very big that is that that leads to the kind of another point is the emotional support and this i'm discovering more and more both within myself and with other people that it takes its toll it's really hard and um but you are the most important asset in your business if you are unwell or ill or mentally ill, uh, physically, whatever it is, then the whole thing can pull apart. And um, therefore, it's completely 100% up to you to look after yourself and to not burn the candle every single day. Like, there's this mentality of like, yeah, just go hard and hustle, work hard and like, you know, we're all-nighters. And, and it's just completely, completely unsustainable. And it destroys your sense of being and your relationships um, and your health in a long-term effect uh so think of it it's, it's a long term it's it's a it's a marathon it's, it's so things need to be need to be able, i mean yes there are going to be moments where it's a bit there's a lot of work to do and stuff but really going to priorities of like what's important here not just doing the things that are urgent but doing the things that actually will have long-term value and also looking after yourself that taking days off like actually not working weekends i i learned that one eventually i was like i really need the time and what actually happens when you take time off is you start to become more creative, more innovative, because in those moments where you're free to do whatever it is you're free to do, your mind comes up with amazing things. Uh, I did all my strategy thinking basically in my time off, which means that when it comes to the week, and I, I can actually do the work. So being willing and allowing yourself that time and needing it and putting yourself first is so important. Okay, that, that's absolutely fantastic. Did you have any uh, final points you wanted to add? Yeah, I guess I'd say one final thing is it's okay not to be an entrepreneur. 
it's okay to not want to run your own company or be a founder. If you want to make a valuable impact in the world and a change, go and work for somebody. Like It's not a bad thing to be employed. You can have some amazing work opportunities throughout the whole of your life um, by working for people. And those people are incredibly valuable, as invaluable as entrepreneurs. They're just different in what they do. Um, there is so much like flair out there about who you need to become and, and like really idolizing like entrepreneurs but it's okay it's perfectly fine to do everything else and you can be just as important so don't feel the need that you have to start a company you can you can go and add so much value and be entrepreneurial and innovative within organizations that really don't do it if you don't want to absolutely yeah so that's been absolutely great uh georgie thanks so much for your time uh if any of the listeners want to uh, connect with you in any way how how would they be best to do that i so you can find me via um trueconversations.co.uk and my email is is on there georgie at true conversations um i occasionally use twitter uh, uh but probably need to get better at that actually um so email is probably the best way to, to connect with me properly amy carpenter uh, employability and progression advisor at the university of suffolk joins me again hi amy hi dan uh, so we're talking about entrepreneurship today uh, just to start off with, could you give us uh, your definition of uh, what it means to be an entrepreneur? I think it's someone who can be creative, see ideas. Is it innovative or is it just looking at things from a different perspective? Um, and it's someone who can perhaps see a gap in the market as well uh, or a gap in a process. I think it's important that you can be entrepreneurial in a business as well and actually see maybe that a process doesn't work as efficiently as it could do or that there's maybe a product that, that could be on offer um, or a service or a technology something like that um, and it's having that mindset to be able to see beyond what's just in front of you I think and, and identify those gaps of, of wherever it may be. And uh, would you say that entrepreneurs can come from uh, any background really in terms of degree subject and and uh, and the, the, the career area they want to go into? Yes most definitely I think it you're the expert in your field that you're studying in at that point and that's where you can maybe identify the gaps and actually you, you might identify a gap in somewhere in something completely different just because you can think well actually I don't know perhaps there might be a no coffee shop selling a certain type of product in the area and actually is there an opportunity there but you might be a, a, a trainee nurse um, and you've noticed that there's this gap there as well which is definitely um, perhaps not that relevant to the course you're studying but it's still that entrepreneurial mindset, definitely. So it goes beyond uh, just the idea of being someone who starts a business of their own. It, it means a bit more than that. Yes, definitely. Say. Yeah, yeah. And I think it's that having the ideas and then having the confidence to pursue them as well is the really important part and being okay that things might not always go well first time and things can fail if you have a new idea or you do want to start a business. But the best learning comes from when you try those sorts of things out so and so what would you say that um, students can do while they're at university to develop entrepreneurial skills or or do you think they're sort of innate skills that some people have and some people don't I think it's getting involved in things definitely again um, considering the creative things that you could get involved with is it actually even just starting a society up brand new because that will take some time and some planning, some ideas, some initiative to implement. Um, so that's already developing it there. And a lot of universities embed 
this into their curriculums actually so that they are working to ensure that you're doing things in your modules and doing assessments that are helping to develop both your employability and your entrepreneurial skills and your ability to definitely think outside of the box um, they might not teach you how to do the tax returns but there's probably support there to help you with that as well if not mm-hmm. and um as we've said, uh, risk-taking is quite a big element of, of being an entrepreneur, whether it is starting up a business or, or just um, come up with new product ideas or whatever it is. Um, how can you prepare yourself for that for that side of it? I think it's being okay and it, being able to accept that if things don't go well, or don't go right first time, um, and being able to overcome that and actually not taking it personal, not taking it as a sign that you're not, good at what you do or that you've not had a good idea uh, there can be lots of reasons why things fail or things go wrong uh, it could just be the market it can be the launch it could be the product it could be the type of product or what material it's made of if it is a product or maybe the service wasn't in the right place at the right time um, and if something does fail it's important to reflect on it and think about what went wrong did you not do enough market research perhaps or is it just it's the wrong place at the wrong time um, so yeah, it's important to reflect on it, but all of the, every entrepreneur that out there has always had something that has failed at some point and they've learned from it and turned it into something bigger and yeah, created their successes from that. And for students, uh, and graduates who, who really want to, who see themselves as entrepreneurs and, and want to, you know, do something along those lines, where, where can they turn for help and, and advice? Cause it's, um, obviously you know about, you know, where to go if you want to be a teacher or, or police officer or whatever it might be. But being an entrepreneur is a bit different and it's it's harder to know where to turn. Yeah, definitely. So the first place as a student or graduate, I would definitely see what off support your university offers. A lot of universities have got innovation centres, incubators, startup hubs. They've got space that's designed for people who want to start up businesses, perhaps hot desks, Um some universities have spaces that are shared with local businesses as well so you can access both the support and the mentoring and actually be immerse yourself into the local SME community as well Um, and I know our university has that kind of environment where you can use a hot desk and then you're sitting next to businesses who are doing business at that same time as you're um, perhaps starting your business up and you can ask them questions Um, and there's lots of other support agencies in local areas as well so it really depends on where you are based in the UK or further afield Um, but it's always worth doing the research to see what's on offer in your local area or where your university is based or wherever you're going to be living at that time um, for the be they business advisors or be they support networks Um, there's things called growth hubs as well which should exist in every region around the UK and they're supported through the government so they have business advisors where you can go and meet with them they can have a look at your ideas give you some feedback help reflect you reflect on things connect you with other businesses Um, and things like the Prince's Trust as well they're obviously constrained by age but they can offer things like startup loans as can your bank as well if you have a chat with your bank or a bank they've often got people there who can help talk and look at business plans whether they could support you financially as well. Okay, that's brilliant. Thanks, Amy. We'll speak again soon. See you soon. Okay, that's all for this episode. I hope you enjoyed that and perhaps it's inspired a few more of you to consider 
taking those risks that Georgie and Amy were talking about as essential in order to be um, successful as an entrepreneur. Um, thanks very much to Georgie uh, for coming on the show and to Amy as always. Remember to subscribe to Future You in your preferred podcast app so you don't miss any future episodes. Follow us on Twitter at Prospects and send your comments and questions by email to podcast at prospects.ac.uk. Head to the website as well, prospects.ac.uk, for more advice on entrepreneurship and self-employment. And you can also search for graduate jobs there as well. That's it. Thanks very much for listening and I'll speak to you soon.